So we're recording this on the eve of Star Trek Day. Um, when I told you guys the question earlier, I was like, oh yeah, today is Star Trek Day, but I don't know my days and I'm sorry. So, in honor of Star Trek Day, if you were in Starfleet, where would you like to be stationed? Um, I'm going to start with Tabitha this week. Oh, the pressure is on. Um, Tiny Tabitha would be really mad at adult Tabitha if she didn't just say the Med Bay on the Enterprise. So that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Which Enterprise? Uh, TNG. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, for me, I think I would want to be on Deep Space Nine. Um, just kind of a different feel, kind of a more normal. Um, I'd get drunk all the time at Quarks. It'd be fine. Um, Lydia, so where uh, where would you be stationed? I don't care where I'm stationed as long as I get to hang out with Data and Spot. Fair, fair. And Matt? Um, I would probably end up working uh, for Guinan in, in her bar. <laughs> Hands. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. Okay, so um, we're back, everybody. This is exciting. Um, Yeah. In the last, what, month? Two months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been gone. Um, yeah, I moved, and then I got super busy at work. And Lydia's back, you know, w- without her baby. Yeah, he's at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realized how that sounded after I said that. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Everything's fine. <laughs> good. How, how is the baby? He's good. Good. He, he only yells when he's hungry, which is all the time. I mean, yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. He gets yeah. that from me. No, no, I do yell. I don't pretty much all. Yell yeah. When I'm hungry, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but you are only happy when it rains. And it's facts. <laughs> facts. Good facts. <laughs> so, um, I want to start tonight with talking a little bit about something that we're doing. So, once again, we are participating in the Trevor Project's 25-minute back-to-school reading challenge. Uh, the uh, Trevor Project is a nonprofit focused on suicide prevention, uh, pr- suicide prevention efforts for LGBTQ youth. Um, you can find out more about the organization by visiting thetrevorproject.org. Um, in addition to reading daily, um, or in my uh, in my case, I was busy like the first three days. So like on day four, I was like, I'm gonna get caught up. <laughs> Um, so in addition to reading daily, we're also each raising money for the Trevor project. Uh, there will be, um, links in the show notes to each of our fundraisers. Um, but be sure to donate to mine. Rude. I'm the only one who doesn't have any money. (laughs) I don't have any either. I'm the one that started this whole thing this year. So donate to Tabitha and Lydia. Not mention that. Yeah. Rude. Um, but yeah, Lydia, you have actually spearheaded this for us uh, both years now. Um, so let's start with you. What uh, what are you reading? What's it about? So I am reading um, 
Wolfspeaker, which is the second book of the Immortal series by Tamar Pierce, which is also the second series of the Tortal series because all of her books are kind of linked together. Um, it's about a girl named Dane who can uh, speak to animals. It's set in kind of a medieval uh, time era. Um, and, you know, as things do, there's people that want to take over the other uh, parts of the country and overthrow kingdoms and things like that. And she is trying to help prevent that with her animal friends. And it's a really good book. I remember reading it a long time ago, but it's been probably a good 15 years or so at this point. So it's like reading it new. Nice. Um, Matt, I have read the book that you're reading. Um, I am very jealous of you that you're getting to read it for the first time because it is so good. Um, tell us about it. Uh, so I am reading Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. Um, I've read, I've read a lot of things by TJ Klune. Um, he's one of those instant buy authors in this house. Um, we picked this book up last year when it came out. Tabitha read it. I did not get to it. Um, it's always given me a summer type vibe, I think because of the colors on the cover. Um, so before we get into too much cooler weather, um, I picked that one up to get through it. Um, it is the story of Wallace who, um, it's not really a spoiler because it's the whole book. Um, he's died and he is at a tea room run by a ferryman and it is his time at the tea room um, trying to learn about not just his life, uh, what his life meant, and uh, preparing to cross over. So uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, I just got through a part that was unexpected, um, but, uh, but actually funnier than I would have, than I would have ready for so if i remember correctly tabitha you ended up having the most minutes read last year i fully expect for you to have the same this year although at least last i checked like this late afternoon early evening i was still in the lead so that made me feel good uh what are you reading um, I would like to preface this with I am only counting the minutes that I'm sitting down and actually timing myself to read because I listen to audiobooks almost all day mm -hmm. and I'm not counting that and I also read at breakfast and I read in the car and I read, <laughs> I read all the time so I am not logging the minutes that I'm not sitting down and purposely thinking this is Trevor Project reading um, so my Results look a little skewed, that is why. Um, <laughs> like Lydia, I am also reading the second in a series in preparation for season two of Wheel of Time. I have picked up The Great Hunt, which is the second book in that very long trilogy. Also like Lydia, this is something that I read in junior high, high school, somewhere in there. And it's been really fun to reread this with like adult eyes and I'm catching things that I was like, oh, I didn't catch that when I was a kid. Like that's been really fun um, on long this reread. Um, I will probably not wait for season three to continue because I kind of forgot how good this was. So I am enjoying my time reading this. So I'm reading, uh, actually it's a newer book. Um, 
So I am reading Speech Team by Tim Murphy. Uh, this book, it follows four Gen Xers in the early 2010s. Uh, the four were part of a speech team in high school, and they reconnect after the fifth member of the team commits suicide. Uh, in his note, he reveals the speech team coach said some terrible things to him uh, that stuck with him the rest of his life. Uh, when the other four reveal that the coach said some pretty crappy things to them, too, they decide to track him down and confront him. Oh. Yeah. I really wanted you to say kill him. I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and confront. Yeah, I was I like, it was fun. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, this this book, it's it's interesting. It's It's got its funny moments, clearly, you know, with, with a premise like that. But at the same time, has some pretty serious moments. Also, it has a lot of moments of, you know, like being an adult and still trying to figure out who the hell you are. Um, let's say. So that just sounds like my life. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go into the pull list. What's on our pull list this week? And um, I guess my question before we before we start reviewing, um, do we count the minutes that we're reading for the pull list as part of the uh, the challenge? I mean, you can. Okay. I would assume so. It's reading. Okay. Like I was talking about earlier, like I'm not recording every single one of my moments reading because that would involve way too much of my time. Like I would look like a psychotic person people would be like there's no way she just left this tracker on and was like living her life because i do i read almost 24 7 because i listen to audiobooks i read the car things like that but i would count reading things for the pull list because okay. it's reading time okay Mitch is gonna retroactively add some time oh no 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 no, no. i already did <laughs> <laughs> i was just seeing if i had to decrease some time oh my god <laughs> can it's you take time back away I don't think you can. Just not count future time. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So, first book that we're going to talk about is Lights. It's out now from Oni Press by Brenna Thumbler. Uh, this is the final installment of Brenna Thumbler's Sheets trilogy. Uh, in this book, Marjorie, her human bestie Eliza, and ghost bestie Wendell go on a journey to answer the question of how Wendell died. Uh, however, metaphorical ghosts from their past and crossroads to their future get in the way. I remember reading Sheets. I knew when we when Delicates came out, I didn't get around to reading it. was super bummed. Um, but I thought that I had it. So my original plan was to read all three. But then I was like, oh, I don't have Delicates. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do. I, like real like undergarments. Um, <laughs> but this is not the time to air your dirty laundry man. <laughs> Sorry, Brenna. Um, and Oni Press. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so I reread Sheets and then read Lights. Um, clearly with it being part of a trilogy, I missed out on some fairly vital information. Um, they, there were callbacks to earlier books that I'm like, okay, I I don't know what this is. So that forced me to kind of like fill in the pieces as I go. And that is not a criticism of the book. I need to stress that enough because that's, that's on me for not reading book two. Um, <laughs> but all that said, uh, I love the way that 
this book played out. Um, I loved, uh, I loved all the characters. Um, I am blanking. It's not, it's not a super spoiler and I meant to write this quote down, but, um, you know what? I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to find this quote because (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, Matt, you said you read this, right? Okay. Well, I'm trying to find this quote. Tell us what you thought of Lance. Um, so I did manage to save, um, Delicates. No. Yes. Um, so I went ahead and read Delicates and then picked up Lights um, so that I could get the whole thing. Um, as a trilogy, it's it's done brilliantly because there are definitely pieces of one and there are pieces of two that come together to form like a very in-depth, cohesive story for, for Lights. Um it's it's wonderful how all of the pieces come together. You get um, you get our two main characters. You get Wendell, who essentially becomes his own main character, um, and the crux of this story uh, as they try and find out what happened to him. Um, it's it's wonderful, and it comes to a it comes to a wonderful conclusion that doesn't feel contrived. Um, it, it's one of those things that I, I've picked up in my writing is that like the ending has to be earned by both the reader and the writer. And this is definitely one of those scenarios where the ending is earned by all involved. It's, it's fantastic. Um, hundred percent recommend picking up all three of these books. Um, I, I binged, um, delicates and lights in probably about three and a half hours between the two of them. Like, just tore through both of them so um the quote and this isn't giving a whole lot away but um in this scene to kind of set this up a little bit uh four girls are talking they i yes they're take telling uh they're playing truth or dare Mm. and one of the girls i cannot remember her name um she says quote girl you are a majestic meerkat and he is but a potato bug (laughs) And I I want that on a bumper sticker or <laughs> on a t-shirt or something. I loved that. Uh, but yeah, like, there is so much to love about this book. And when the main, because you're right, by the, end of the, by the end of this, you could argue even with Sheets, Wendell was basically a main character. Yeah. Uh, but with the human main characters, these girls are in middle school. You know, like I'm almost 40. I shouldn't relate to them at all, yet I do. And that really speaks to Brenna's uh, genius with this story. Uh, loved it, loved every minute of it. And I need to get ha- my hands on Delicates. Again, the book, not underwear. Um, do you know Sheets is one of the few uh, books that we've reviewed over the years that I actually have the uh, physical copy of? Really? It is. Nice. So, also uh, out now from Oni Press is wrapped up. It is written by Dave Scheidt. We've we've talked <laughs> we've talked about him before, and I'm always certain that I'm mispronouncing that name. So I apologize, Dave. Uh, with art by Scoot McMahon. So wrapped up uh, follows Milo, a kid mummy in today's world, who has everyday kid problems like vampires, kaiju, and 
a love-struck gorilla. Uh, he gets through it with the help of his family and wizard best friend. Uh, we've talked about some issues of Wrapped Up before. Um, this is the entire series in one collection. Um, this says a lot about me as a person, but this book is definitely geared towards like middle grade readers. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's sense of humor is right up my alley. (laughs) Um, Tabitha disagrees. I I know that we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I, I love the ridiculousness of some of this, um, of some of these characters, uh, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's something that, you know, you can kind of, you know, turn your, turn your brain off and just be entertained, you know, while you're reading this. Uh, but that said, like, one of the things that I really like about this book is how it shows a blended family where, you know, like, it's not mom versus dad. And it's like these, you know, the, they have mastered the art of co-parenting. Um, Milo's, dad and stepdad are sometimes maybe a little too friendly but um (laughs) i digress uh (laughs) uh, but yeah this is this is just it's it's silly fun and i'm here for all of it um tabitha go ahead and deflate all my tires okay um (laughs) just keep in mind that he will be stuck in your driveway oh that's gonna be a problem for me um you would have to leave um i'll deflate your tires when you're not parked in my driveway. Um, <laughs> this was the equivalent of reading a book of fart jokes. Which explains why you like it. <laughs> I don't normally like fart jokes, though. Yeah, but you have, like, the brain that would like fart jokes. I'm not sure how to take that, but thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, no, this was just... It was meant for 11-year-old boys. I have never been an 11-year-old boy. I do not have the mental capacity of an 11 year old boy like I found myself rolling my eyes over and over and over to the point where I was like I can't even see this book anymore so I'm gonna stop reading (laughs) um I will say that I thought the art was fun like it was very like good for kids middle school middle school children would love this book I am unfortunately not a middle school child any longer even when I was a middle school child I would have been rolling my eyes at this so (laughs) Um, Matt, you were once an 11-year-old boy. I was. (laughs) Some would argue I still am. Um, I didn't say anything. Yeah, no comment. Um, (laughs) um, This is fun. Um, It, commenting about how, where it's, like, who it's geared towards, um, both of my two enjoy the Dogman and the Captain Underpants books, and this is definitely along that same line. Art style um, is fun. It's light. It's easy. It's easy to see. Um, the humor is also very similar to those books as well. Um, it, it's it is. It's just a fun time. Um, I do enjoy the wizard who's like his like best friend. Um, he's like unintentionally snarky. Um, so I mean, he's probably my favorite character. But uh, yeah, it's a good time. Before we get into gut reaction, um, I meant to throw this to you guys before we really got into the nitty gritty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was that kind of a show. Yeah, well, you know, it usually is. 
So we have discussed the Amazon Prime adaptation of Red, White, and World. Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's not just me. <sighs> Matt can't say that. <laughs> uh, multiple times. You guys have had a chance to watch it. I have not. Um, I'm assuming you haven't, Lydia. I don't even remember talking about it, so no. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, what do you think? This was wonderful. Um, the book is fantastic. Um, honestly, my only... The only negative thing I have to say about the entire thing is, because of who I am, the book was better. Um, there are parts of character development. There's an entire character left out of the movie that's in... Actually, there's a couple of characters that are left out of the movie that are in the book. Um, it doesn't quite go into the political intrigue that the, that the book does. Um, but the one thing that it does, at least in my opinion, do better than the book, is it develops the relationship of Henry and Alex a little bit more um, organically. Um, I, I felt like the book was a little rough from their let's be enemies to, well, maybe we're friends. Okay, we actually kind of like each other. Like, that was a little jarring for me in the book. I felt like the movie handled it very, very well. Um, characters are great. Um, I was a little weirded out with, um, oh, what's her name as the president? Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Hmm. Maybe it was the Southern drawl. I don't know. It just it, it was a little it was a little strange. Like it pulled me out of the of the movie a couple of times when she would like twang. Um, but otherwise, the whole thing it's it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Take take the two hours and sit down and watch this heartwarming story. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I loved this book. Like this book. When I read it, I'm not a romance reader. Let's start there. But I laughed so hard reading that book. And I cried reading that book. And I laughed and cried watching the movie. No one's surprised. Um, I thought they did an excellent job of casting. Like, these two people really brought those characters of Henry and Alex to life. And I agree with you. I feel like their relationship was a little more organic in the movie versus the book. Mostly because in the book, their relationship builds mostly over text messages that you're reading between the two of them. They incorporated that a little bit into the film, but not as much as they probably could have. And their, the time, they were also, the like, the relationship in the book developed over, like, many months. The relationship in the movie developed a little quicker. Um, I agree with you. Uma Thurman is probably my least favorite cast choice that's ever happened. And there were characters that I missed in the film that were in the book. However, I would sit down and rewatch this movie in a heartbeat. It was so good. It was so well acted. It was so, like, the cinematography was really good. Like, not that I was surprised, but, like, it was, like, theater, like... The film, the moment where you see some of their text messages back and forth, where Alex is laying on his bed in the White House and they're texting back and forth. And all of a sudden, um, Henry kind of like fades in and he's laying on the bed next to Alex, but they're still texting and they're not looking at each other like that conversation and how that developed was was brilliant. Yeah, it was really it was just really well done. And I think. I think you guys would like it. It's funny. It's a good. It's a good two hours of heartfelt, heartwarming. 
Yeah. I did miss the political intrigue a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I'm me. But. So not something to make Kevin watch with me. Got it. Yeah, probably not. Who knows? <laughs> um, doesn't have Batman in it, so. No Batman. No guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. He'd be bored. Scenes take place in the White House, so there's Secret Service, so I'm there's sure that there are a, guns there, around, yeah. but... There is, a, there is a gun-ish scene, but I don't think Kevin would enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go into gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And the first thing we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, so in honor of Star Trek Day, uh, CBS Studios is celebrating... <laughs> The 50th anniversary of Star Trek the Animated Series uh, with a collection of animated shorts called Star Trek Very Short Treks. Uh, The first of five episodes will premiere on YouTube and StarTrek.com on September 8th. The rest of the episodes will drop every Wednesday until October 4th. Uh, They will feature iconic characters voiced by their original actors, including George Takei, uh, Gates McFadden, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Armin Zimmerman, and Doug Jones. Uh, the shorts were also developed by Casper Kelly, who is the digital, or he has a, a digital comic called Star Trek The Animated Celebration Presents the Shimer Barrier. Uh, the digital comic will also come out on September 8th. Giving this a huge thumbs up, I've never seen the animated series, but I know how, um, I think, unintentionally weird it is. And I've always wanted to. So anything that does pay homage to that, I'm here for. Uh, Lydia. Yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm also amused by the the very short Treks name. I don't know why. Just that's amusing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Matt. Um, This sounds fun. Um, I feel like it's one of those things that might like spur me, us, to go back into watching more Star Trek that we wanted to do, just haven't really committed to. Um, this might be one of those things that like kind of kind of pushes you back into it, which is a good thing. So thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, literally every time we talk about anything Star Trek, I just want to sit down and like binge like one whole se- like one whole series. And then I get distracted. So I need Star Trek shorts in my life so I won't get distracted. And now I'm just picturing shorts with Star Trek emblems on them. Um, <laughs> thumbs up. Um, Matt, you have some phenomenal news about a game that came out last year that like, we all literally wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, so um, Annapurna Interactive's Stray, where you get to play as a cat, yes. um, is currently being adapted into a film. Um, it is going to be animated, uh, so the animation is going to be handled by the game studio. Their animation like arm will be doing it. Um, so I think it's in good hands there. Um, the director is going to be Nick Bruno, who is the same director who helmed Nimona for Netflix. Yeah. Um, so we already got you know two pluses here. You know, you got, you know, animation style. Um, you got a great director. Um, there's not much else yet at this point as far as, like, where it's going to be, if it's going to be streaming, what's going to happen there. Um, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens as we get closer. I'd be interested to see what, what happens when we kind of get a trailer. Um, 
I'm going to go thumb sideways, though, because as much as this might have been fun as a game, I think part of the fun was to, like, part of the intrigue there was to, to play as the cat. So, like, you're just going to watch the cat wander around the city? I don't know. We'll see. Tap thumb. We all know how video game movie adaptations are. <laughs> I don't know if this will be any better or different, but I think I'd watch it even if we were just watching a cat walk around the city. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm here for this. I want this right meow. Thumbs up. <laughs> you just made Tabitha spend margarita out of her nose. I hate you. Do you though? My nose hates you. <laughs> Tequila in your sinuses does not feel good. Should be able to breathe pretty good though. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> well, Tabitha is recovering. Um, I agree with what's been said so far. Like, I like the fact that the uh, people that did the animation for the game are involved. I like that the person that did Nimona is involved. Um, I actually did finally buy this game and got to sit down and play it a little bit. I need to actually go back and finish it. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. And I also would sit and watch a cat wander around a, a, a city. But again, like Tabitha said before, she was so, uh, really assaulted. Uh, <laughs> no, no pun for the margarita salt. That's probably also up her nose. Um, <laughs> video game adaptations rarely go well, so I'm gonna give it a thumb sideways just because of that. <laughs> so since you have played part of the game, um, do you start off with nine lives? I don't even know if you have lives, to be honest. <laughs> Everything, how you doing? I'll make it. I think Lydia's right though. My sinuses are really clear. <laughs> the nose spray market is is missing it. <laughs> so we'll. Um, Going to the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk help you out at all? Oh, let's see. <laughs> Coming to you live from In the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk. So, do you guys remember, let's start there, with the... Late 70s, early 80s movie, The Warriors. It's like a cult, not cult, uh, <laughs> cult, a gang in New York who like are end up on Coney Island. Mm -hmm. It's got kind of Lost Boys vibes, but they wear like green face paint. And like there's this scene where this guy is wearing like holding beer bottles on his hands. That's kind of like iconic for the film. Does anybody remember this yes. at all? Okay. I wear baseball. It's very, yeah, there's like a lot of baseball like motif with like the, the the gang members. Yeah, and like they're carrying bats. It's just it's it's a wild cult film thing. Anyway, Lynn Manuel Miranda has decided that that needs to be a stage musical. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Um it's inspired by a 1979 book which I did not know about. Um, but both of those obviously do take place in New York, the Bronx to Coney Island. The movie is not a musical at all. So I'm very interested to see how this is going to work. 
and what the music will be like. Um, the movie's projected like in like just urban decay, and it is like a dark look at the time. So I am just if anybody can do it, it's Lynn. But I am this may be my first thumb sideways on a Lynn thing because I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, um, I'm also gonna go with thumb sideways. Um, on the one hand, not everything needs to be turned into a musical, um, but you're right. If anybody is going to make this make sense and be good, it would be him, Lydia. Yeah, I agree. I, I have noticed something, and I'm sure it's just because of like where he grew up. But like, does everything have to be in New York with him? Probably. <laughs> Find a different city, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can Lin-Manuel Miranda do an update of Oklahoma? I just want a Lincoln musical. Ooh. Or in yeah. Springfield. He would have to come here for research, and then he would never mm. see me again. Mm. This is true. Or the world would never see him again. No, I'm not that mean. No, I mean, just like he would, like, he, <laughs> you, you would Chris Kattan him. Oh, and keep him here in Springfield? Absolutely. <laughs> I can't breathe here nine months out of the year. I'm not going to make anybody else stay here. <laughs> anyway, yes, a little funky of a concept, but we'll see if he can pull it off like he, you know, somehow always does. So thumb sideways for now. Matt, this is just a weird path for that entire property because book, film, and I had to double check this, but yes, um, Rockstar and Take Two did a fighting video game based on this movie as well. And now a stage play. Musical. Musical. Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I have faith in Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda, but this is, this is a weird property to take on. So I am also going to go thumb sideways. Uh, it's been revealed that the creator of the manga One Piece had one explicit demand for the Netflix adaptation, no romance between characters. Uh, Steven Maida, who is the co-showrunner for the series, said that one of the mandates uh, from Ilikiro Oda uh, was against romance on the crew. That is a hard no as far as the manga and the live action show are concerned. Um, I'll give this a thumbs up. Kind of like what I said about not everything needs to be a musical. Not everything has to have a romance to it. Uh, and especially if it's something that was explicitly not there in the source material. Um, you, sometimes a romance storyline happens organically and works organically. But a lot of the times it's shoehorned in. So I, I'm, I'm okay with this. Lydia. You literally stole my word because I was going to say not everything has to have a romance shoehorn into it. So yeah, <laughs> big thumbs up for him putting his foot down and ejecting the shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you if that was a shoehorn joke. <laughs> Unintentionally. <laughs> Matt. Um, yeah, huge credit to him because like the manga and the anime have been super, super popular without that plot device. So there's no reason that for the live action movie that that should have happened as well. Um, yeah, and and like you guys have said, like not everything has to, not every 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 Hollywood adaptation has to include some sort of romantic element um, to appeal to all of the masses. Like sometimes the story is what it is, and just let it be the story that was already so popular. So thumbs up to him, Tabitha. 
Yeah, I don't understand things that get romance subplots thrown in just for the film, like for no reason. Looking at you, Peter Jackson. Um, <laughs> but I. Arwen who? Don't get started. Um, the fact that it wasn't in the original source material for this and they still had to be like, hey, guys, we don't want any romance in there makes me super angry at Hollywood. <laughs> but I am going to give this whole thing a thumbs up. So when I was putting together the uh, the rundown for tonight, I typed uh, Return to Moria. But at first I thought I was typing Return to Moira. And I was like, oh, are we talking about a Schitt's Creek re- reunion? Like, I am here for it. And then I realized I wasn't, and I was a little disappointed. So, Matt, what is Return to Moria? Moriah? Am I? And I Moriah? Moriah? Moriah. So this Moria. has to be a Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Although I would love to see what happens if you put Moira Rose in uh, Casa Doom. That would be yes. nice. <laughs> I'd watch that. She'd try and fold in the cheese or something. And I don't know. It wouldn't work. Um, I just realized your spoon says Moira. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're getting a new Lord of the Rings game. Um, it is going to be called Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Um, it is a, they're marketing it as a survival game. Um, it takes place after all of the Lord of the Rings stuff that we know thus far. So it takes place after all of the movies. The world is settled back down. The dwarves are returning to the mines of Moria. And it's basically your job as a dwarf in that community to dig and mine and explore the dark, unseen parts of those mines. Um, so the, the the review that I read or the, the article was talking about how a lot of these games spend a lot of time building your your base or your castle. This one doesn't have that as far as it's as far as you can see. It's a lot of literally just exploration. And of course, dwarves, so drinking and songs. Um, so, I don't know, we'll see. The trailer is, the graphics are kind of meh for, like, what we would expect anymore. Um, and as far as the story goes on the trailer that's in the article, there's not a whole lot there other than, hey, you get to go dig around, poke around the mines of Moria and see what you can find. I think it looks fun. This probably would be one of those things that I could, like, get, install, and kind of go brainless and just you know zone out for a while so i'm gonna go thumbs up i think this should be fun definitely yeah i want you to download this and go brainless so i can watch it happen because i want to watch the minds of maria i don't video game but i like to watch so this i mean even if the graphics aren't great like it would be really cool to see that side of that so um my initial disappointment aside you guys are happy so i'm happy thumbs up (laughs) Lydia. This sounds really fun and I've learned with a couple other video games like graphics are not the end all be all of how good a game can be. Undertale is a great example of that because you know amazing storyline and pixel art so I could definitely see myself sitting and yeah just getting lost in the mines hopefully not finding a Balrog though that would be bad (laughs) but also would be my luck so you know either way thumbs up. Oddfellows Ice Cream is partnering with Sega on a limited run of flavors based on Sonic the Hedgehog 
as well as his friends Tails, Knuckles, and Amy Rose. Uh, the flavors are Green Hills of Pandan, which is a coconut-based ice cream with candied sunflower seeds. Tales of Marshmallow Skies, uh, marshmallow ice cream with blue velvet cake and chocolate caramel turtles. <laughs> Fruity, fiery frenemies, uh, chili, mango, and guava ice cream. And finally, Strawberry Roses Forever, Strawberry Rose Ice Cream with White Chocolate Morsels. Uh, these flavors, flavors are available at Oddfellow Scoop Shops, or they can be shipped nationwide on their online shop and through Gold Belly. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Um, anything uh, promoting Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm always going to be at least a little bit here for. Uh, and while the name of the ice cream company is called Oddfellows, so you would expect some odd flavors of ice cream, um, some of these are maybe a little too odd. Um, yeah. If if I saw it like in person, I might try it, but I wouldn't go out of my way for it. Lydia. Yeah, you, you lost me as soon as you put ice cream and tails in the same sentence. <laughs> like, that's not a flavor that I want. <laughs> um, also, yeah, say the very, very odd. The only one that even remotely sounds good is the last one. <laughs> so, um, th thumb sideways, because I'm not sure I would want to try majority of the other ones. Yeah, the uh, chili mango guava, I was like, yeah. Ooh. Matt. <laughs> See, that's the one I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm here for that one. <laughs> some of those other ones, I'm like, yeah, those are some there's odd combinations, like you said. Um, I I love a good, like, intellectual property tie-in for stuff like this, but these are just, uh, just a little too far out there for me. I'm going to go thumbs down. Tabitha. I love a food marketing gimmick, especially, like, as good as another as good as <laughs> as much as the next person but whatever the blue velvet turtle brownie like those that is too much happening in a, in ice cream like that's too much happening in a meal let alone in one part of the meal so i'm going to go thumbs down uh matt let's pair our weird ice cream with some D, &D bourbon <laughs> i'm gonna say what do matthew lillard dungeons and dragons and bourbon all have in common uh, he's launching a bourbon line that is inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the company name is is Chef's Kiss. It's called Fine Familiar Spirits. I like it. Which has such a double entendre for Dungeons and Dragons. It's genius. Um, the first one that they are launching, uh, it's a product called Quest's End. And it's going to be a bourbon whiskey. Um, each bottle and flavor will represent um, the part in a continuous story that's designed by uh, the veteran DM and game designer, Kate Welch. Um, the bottles will have maps on them as well. Um, and on the side of each bottle will be markings for hit points. Nice. So, obviously, as the bottle gets lower, so do your hit points. <laughs> um, they are going to be uh, available for pre-order starting October 4th, uh, with a launch coming November. 
Um, I, I did not see any information as far as pricing goes. Um, but this first bottle that's in the, uh, that's in the article, it, it says Quest End. It's got a big Paladin shield on the front. Um, and it says Paladin underneath Quest End. This is fantastic. Like, if this is not astronomically expensive, I'm here for this. Thumbs up. Tap. Yeah, like I said, I love a food marketing gimmick. So <laughs> <laughs> this is checking all of my boxes. I definitely want this. Yeah. Thumbs up. Um, yeah, thumbs up. This is this is awesome. Um, roll for initiative responsibly, I guess. <laughs> um, but that said, if we ever get the ball rolling on Comic Sans drinks a little bit more, uh, we should definitely pair that with something. Ooh, absolutely. Lydia. So I know this is like Dungeons and Dragons, but I really want to get a bottle of this and then play Red Dragon in, which is a uh, board game that you uh, are basically a, you know, group of travelers that you stop at the inn and you're getting drunk and fighting and all that fun stuff. So as you know, you're drinking... Your health points are going down, so this is like the perfect matchup, and I it would be fun to you know actually drink while you're doing this. So, I'm I'm down. Thumbs up. Earlier this year, Valiant Comics entered a new partnership with Alien Books. Uh, now they've announced the first set of comics released under the partnership. Uh, so starting in December, delayed series Ninjack Superkillers and Exo Man of War Unconquered will be released. Uh, then in February, a I love this a very Valiant Tynes Day Special. <laughs> we'll have new material featuring Dr. Mirage, Faith, Archer, Bloodshot, and Ninjack. Uh, finally, in March, we'll get new books for Britannia and Livewire, as well as the universe-expanding premiere of The Valiants. Um, as much as I hate to, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways for right now. Um, I have been a Valiant fan for a long time and it's almost frustrating to see them have to restart um every you know every so many years or whatever uh i like the premise of this i hope that it goes in a good direction because some of the characters in the valiant universe are amazing some of the stories that have been told are so fun i just hope that it gets the shot that it needs lydia I don't really have a horse in this race, so thumb sideways. Matt. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Mitch, on the whole comic reboot, you know, restart every so many years. At this point, at least I feel like Valiant is the outlier in the fact that they don't do this every two to three years like Marvel and DC have been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll give them credit, the fact that they've stuck with the characters in the timeline as far as they have. Um, I'm not saying that it does have to be done every so often, because I don't think it does. I think you can retcon things. I think you can tweak stories and all those kinds of things within the storytelling. Um, I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt. Um, and them taking some of these newer characters, like Faith, who's newer, um, and maybe trying to loop her in with the bigger universe maybe a little bit better. So I'm going to go tentatively thumbs up. Ten. Yeah. The whole... The, this is one of the reasons I don't read comic books. Because you get like into these things and then they turn around and they either do what you said, they retcon it, or they just 
start all over like Marvel and DC do, and the fact that Valiant's doing that is frustrating for you, I'm sure, who's been reading these arcs for some time. Now, let me clarify a little bit. Okay. So when I say, like, relaunch, I don't mean just like, oh, hey, we're rebooting the universe. Like... Valiant has been almost out of business like multiple times mm-hmm. and you know like or I, I I take that back not necessarily almost out of business but like ownership has changed hands a lot of the rockiness has been behind the scenes okay. not so much on Ooh. the page itself okay that's a little different um, good for them for coming back from that I guess I mean I guess it does it does stink that they have to keep rebuilding but good for them on that I misunderstood you so last handful of stories that we have are all odd they (laughs) all have contention to be the last story but matt i want to start with you um what's post malone doing uh spending a lot of money um so before we took our break um we found out that the magic the gathering one ring card had officially been found um, had been valued at like $2 million. Um, you know, so the, the one that was out there was no longer on the market. Um, so this article, and I did vet this with NPR um, because I was a little skeptical. Um, but yes, Post Malone has combination of reached out to the finder of said card. The card reached out to Post Malone. Post Malone is a fairly well-known Magic the Gathering fan. Um, he spent $800,000 on a Black Lotus on on auction, which we've talked about Black Lotus a couple of times. Um, so at least as far as we can tell, he paid upwards of $2.6 million to this guy, uh, Brooke Trafton. Uh, who That's posted, a fake name. He, <laughs> yeah, he posted a video um, meeting Post Malone, Post Malone seeing the card for the first time, um, I was very skeptical, but yes, like I said, uh, NPR is reporting the same thing, that Post Malone did fork over over $2 million to this guy, even if that's not his real name, for the One Ring card. Um, so not only has it been found, it's off the market, and it's in Post Malone's hands. So, Thumb, I don't know how I feel about this. That's a lot. That's so much money for one card. Even if you are like a Magic the Gathering super fan and you are post Malone and have that kind of money, I still think it's absurd to pay that for it. So I guess I'm just going to go thumbs down because it just, it's too much. Tabitha. Mostly I'm just jealous of Crafty Trafty, whatever that guy's name was. Brooke Trafton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, Cashing in on $2.6 million. All for a Magic the Gathering card. I would even meet Post Malone. And not have to mail it. He just looks like he smells bad. And so I wouldn't want to be like, hey, man. Was that a, was that a mail joke? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's to get afford the stamps now. Um, I'm sorry. I just, he, his, he grosses me out. Um, good for him for having that kind of money and good for this guy for finding it to be able to get that kind of money. So thumbs up to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, thumbs up to Blues Traveler or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> <laughs> we found the new Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, 
thumbs up to this guy for for getting that money. Um, I guess you can call the run one one ring card a postcard now. Um, uh, <laughs> but overall, <laughs> there have been so many other things said tonight, not just by me. I know, but now I'm thinking about Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I have to give this a thumbs down. This is just uh, so absurd all the way around, Lydia. Yeah, I mean, like Tabitha said, like, good on this guy for finding it and basically being able to make a payday off of it and good for Post Malone to have that kind of money because I wish I had even, like, a fifth of that amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to just throw it at a Magic the Gathering card is just insane. So I don't know. Thumbs sideways because I'm... conflicted about about this and if i remember correctly it's a card that you can't even play right there's like no uh benefits to it no this particular one and all of the wording is in elvish so it's it's basically nonsense which i guarantee there's somebody out there that can translate that but oh yeah it's it's been done tabitha let's talk about gnomes oh my gosh i would love to so this is like a cozy mystery in the works. So, Welsh police are making sure that the community members in this town are not being robbed with the hint of gnomes. I just, this isn't making sense. So, press release. Keep an eye out for cuddly Christmas gnomes that have begun appearing in front gardens. The police have determined that people are placing these very out-of-season garden gnomes in people's yards and waiting to see if they move them. If they don't move them, they assume people are not home, and so then they're robbing the houses. Oh. Oh. So if the gnome is in the same spot, the burglars assume that they're not home, and then they break in. Gnome one is home. Jesus Christ. If this is what they're doing, could you have found something less conspicuous than a Christmas gnome in September? <laughs> but it's happened once now. There's been a gnome left in the house in front of because the people were at home. Mm. Like I said, this is like a little cozy mystery in the in the world. In the Welsh countryside, of all places. Using the poor gnomes for misdeeds. Yes. <laughs> so sad. A, I would read this book. B, that's a really stupid burglar. <laughs> or a really smart one, depending on how you Depending on how dumb your neighbors are. Right? <laughs> so, Can't wait till the police get a hold of that Home Depot receipt. How many gnomes did you buy? 322. <laughs> Sounds like a Tuesday for Mitch. It's not even a return on investment. I don't even like gnomes. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was like a drunk I, Mitch purchase. I mean, I don't dislike gnomes, but no, that's not a that's not even a drunk Mitch purchase. Is, you thought you could prank somebody. Is drunk Mitch the one who's <laughs> robbing all these houses? Are you drunk guys. into the Welsh countryside? <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out, guys. You're very drunk for a very long period of time. <laughs> He's yeah. trying to break into Post Malone's house and find the one ring card. So did you give your thumb? Mm. My thumb is up for the gnomes. My thumb is down for the burglars. <laughs> but up for the possibility of this becoming like a really fun, cozy mystery. 
Yeah. Um, thumbs up all around. And also, you know, like, props to the police for putting out that press release. You know, the, the more you know. Uh, Lydia. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to give a thumbs up to it all as well, because I'm not going to lie. I think it's kind of a brilliant way to figure something like that out, even if it is for nefarious purposes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of it, so. It's not me, guys. It's Mitch. That tracks. Matt. I know we don't live in the Welsh countryside, but now I want to check the front garden. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Over the garden wall. I don't know. Um, It's both clever and stupid at the same time. I I don't. (laughs) I I mean, I'm intrigued by this. So is it cleverly stupid or stupidly clever? A little bit of both. But I also got the wheels turning on the story idea, so thumb sideways. <laughs> we found Matt's new book, guys. <laughs> yes. So, by all accounts, this next story probably should have been our last story, but I wanted your reactions to it, so that's why it's still in that reaction. So, uh, before our break, we talked about an interesting scene in Baldur's Gate 3 um, involving a character who turned himself into a bear. But players of the game have been able to have plenty more uh, romantic encounters. Uh, During an interview with the gamer at PAX West, uh, game director Swin Venki (laughs) (laughs) confirmed that there was a bug that made NPCs' standards too low, making them easy to oppress and overly thirsty. So, Vinky said, uh, it was too fast, it was supposed to send... (laughs) (laughs) If it comes out of my nose again, I'm going home. And by going home, I mean going to bed, because I'm going to lie on. He said, it was supposed to simulate how real relationships are. (laughs) (laughs) Just put the cup down, Tabitha, that's not worth it. So, one such character is a human wizard named Gale. Uh, Numerous players have accidentally romanced him, and he continues to pursue them, (laughs) even after he gets turned down. But some players did find a way to get rid of Gale, uh, pretending to hate cats. That's also how you get rid of me. Um, (laughs) So while there have been some patches released, uh, other patch, uh, others are still being worked on. <sighs> I know we talked, like last time we talked, uh, and Tabitha, I feel like you weren't there that week. So to kind of fill you in, um, the the bear, it's it's a druid who turns himself into a bear, and then like, and it's like uh, a possible scene, but like the human as a bear. Uh, gets a little bit freaky with a human who is a human. Okay. Yeah, they they kiss and everything. It's weird. It's a romantic encounter. <laughs> yes. So, <clears throat> developers of Baldur's Gate, just 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 listen for a minute. When you willingly put that scene in your game, like own it, own your NPCs being thirsty. This was not a bug. This was by design. And I mean, well, the NPCs probably have bugs now, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Do it, please. Do it, please. 
but just own it. Let this game be the freaky game that it wants to be. Um, <laughs> thumbs up to Baldur's Gate. Thumbs down to Swin. <laughs> Lydia. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> thumbs. I don't know, guys. Thumbs somewhere. <laughs> Especially with that bear. Oh my god, no! That's how you die. That's what yeah. <laughs> Matt. Uh, this was 100% by design. This was this was one of those things that the developers and the programmers were like, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's throw this in there and see who finds out about it. How and, much can we get with it? Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, like, Mitch, like you said, like, just admit to it. I mean, there are, there are little things like that programmed into games all the time that are quote-unquote bugs but were done intentionally almost as a playtesting measure um i don't know just it's so bizarre thumbs sideways because i i don't know how to feel about the whole scenario tap i'm very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how the bear felt. <laughs> I mean, I'm more I'm more worried about the human with the bear. Well, that sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying Tapha. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that this was a bug. This happened on purpose. They should just own it. It would look a lot less bad if they were just like, yeah, <laughs> not funny. And then they just carry on. Um... It's just thumbs. I don't know. I don't know where to put my thumb with the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my thumbs away. <laughs> like even if they would like come out and said, "Oh hey, that was because you know we pissed off Jerry and he got fired, and this was his last little bit of revenge before he left." Like even that would be better than, "Oh hey, it was just a mistake. It's fine." Right. But I mean, I don't yeah. feel like that is a mistake that can happen. I feel like that has to be. a yeah. I'm just like, oh, I put a Q instead of an R in my code, and now my bear's rapey. Like, that <laughs> 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 doesn't make sense to me. Instead of KP? QP? QP? Quietly being a bear in my <laughs> All right. So, Tabitha, you have our last story of the night. Um, I didn't read the story first, but. It had Florida Man in the title, so I'm going to assume it's a goodie. So I'm sitting at work today, and I looked down at my phone, and I said, I saw Florida Man has been arrested, and I was like, that checks out. And then I kept reading, and it said, after attempting to run to London. And then I stopped reading, (laughs) and I opened the article, because I'm like, what does that mean? And the rest of that sentence was, across the Atlantic Ocean in a flotation device resembling a hamster wheel. (laughs) like none of that was going where i thought it was going from the beginning of the sentence so riza balucci who is 44 i'm sorry what's the name riza balucci okay well there's just a bunch of bad news today guys um was picked up by the coast guard um (laughs) (laughs) off the coast of tybee island georgia didn't make it very far (laughs) in a uh possibly in the wrong direction 
to run to London, you'd have to go north from Florida, mm. and then east, because it's like up here, and Florida's here. Yeah. Have to go. That's what I'm saying, but like... But he's going against, A, he's going against the current in two ways, in <laughs> hurricane season, so he should have planned better, but whatever. <laughs> um, they... Pulled him over? Is that the coast guard? <laughs> and asked him for his vessel registration, uh, which he said that he had, but he couldn't find it. Left in his other hamster wheel. Um, they asked him to get out of this vessel that he had developed because they decided that the condition uh, was uh, unsafe. He was conducting a, and I quote, manifestly unsafe voyage. <laughs> um, he threatened to leave, or he threat he refused to leave, sorry, uh, for three days, allegedly saying that he had a bomb on board. Oh, boy. And that if they tried to board his hamster wheel, he would <laughs> blow it up. Um, he is now facing federal charges since he has now armed himself with his hamster wheel. And uh, his charges include obstructing a boarding and violating a captain of the port order. I don't know what that means. Um, he is. It sounds like it belongs in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has attempted things like this before several times, and each time he has had to be rescued by the Coast Guard. Um, dating back to 2014. When he attempted to go to Bermuda, because he got lost, and he stopped to ask some fishermen. And they called the Coast Guard. Oh, um, he has continued on, and he ended up uh, 130 nautical kilometers off the coast of St. Augustine that time. Um which evidently that translated to, I guess I can cross, if I can't, if I can go almost to Bermuda, I can cross the Atlantic and go to London. I don't know. Um, he is quoted by Fox 35 out of Florida saying, I'll never give up my dream. They stopped me four or five times, but I will never give up. My money, my goal is to not only raise money for homeless people, raise money for the Coast Guard, raise money for the police department, raise money for the fire department. They are a public service. They do it for safety and they help other people. This was the first mention of any of this being for charity. <laughs> um, so yeah, Riza Bellucci, if you're in Florida and you're on the beach, look out for a hamster wheel and maybe call the Coast Guard. See, my thing is, like, if he's been at this since you said 2014, like, how many prototypes of this hamster wheel does he have, like, stored in his garage? And they're literally, it's like a clear plastic tube, and then, like, buoys duct taped together in a circle on each side, and he's, like, running in it like a hamster wheel. So, it's clear. He told yes, the coast yeah, to see through it. <laughs> The Coast Guard, he told the Coast Guard that there were bombs, and the Coast Guard, who can see through it, was like, oh yeah, I believe him. Not bro. But you know what? Bombs can be really tiny. Yeah. But you know what? Those don't look like buoys, they look like gas cans. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are buoys. They do kind of look like but a big five like gallon. The, they look like the buoys that you have in like a... Restricted access swimming area. <laughs> mm -hmm. But 
you know, props to Ritz Crackers here. Um, <laughs> for following his dreams, you know, and and not giving up on his dreams. I I I hope that next time is is the time for him. See, I do have questions though. Like this is not a short voyage. Like is there food in the hamster wheel? Is How does there... he go to the bathroom? I mean, he's in the ocean. Yeah. But still, like but there's not a window. Like he's in there in there. Yeah. And it's turning. Hmm. I don't So does he does he this float is... when he sleeps? I so that like it rides like the curse and then he just gets like completely lost. I feel like this is one of those things. Like you really didn't think this plan out before he took off. Nope. <laughs> and not all the buoys are the same either. It kind of looks like he went to like a discount store and was like, give me all your buoys. And they did and he was like more and they were like the, the only ones we have don't match and he's like it's fine because there's like a couple like of a, random ones like a marine version of yeah. a tractor supply company <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he also has like yoga balls uh-huh yeah Bu- buoys and yoga balls to, to float across the ocean mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean before i learned that this was all for charity i thought that he just wanted to go to london <laughs> and when you know, he gets there and he forgot his bathroom. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> or it gets wet and it gets ruined. <clears throat> he but between between Florida and London, he is not skipping leg day. When he gets there, his legs are going to be massive. Um, Twig arms. Yeah, yeah. That's I wonder if he brought an actual hamster with him to help. Yeah. <laughs> And then he, and then he would have food. Oh. Who eats a hamster? Do you honestly believe that the hamster is gonna make it? I don't know. Sometimes they hibernate and they get buried on accident when people think their kids can't make it. That's true. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like burial at sea. Oh. Vikings. <laughs> I'm here for it. It's like Red Wall, but Vikings and hamsters instead of mice. It's so hard. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably wrap this up because Matt now has two new books. <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad that we're back, guys. This was this was fun. Yes. Let's not take you know two months off again, or maybe we will. Who knows? We're very consistent. <laughs> yeah. Consistently inconsistent and professionally unprofessional. Oh, yeah. Business card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. This, this is over, guys. Say bye. 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 <laughs> it's bleak. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>